Hello and welcome back to the Seriously Good Podcast. I am your host, Casey Evans, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, the man from up north, well, norther than me, <laughs> Danny Cochran. How are you today, Danny? Are you not from up north? Yeah, I was saying, I said norther than me. <laughs> I'm in a different country. Uh, no, I'm good. It's north of Great Britain, so it's fine. It's well, still north well, to me. We have not started this off well today. No, <laughs> uh, I'm very good, very excited. The season is obviously back this weekend, Italian-wise. Um, if you ignore the smattering of Coppa Italia games that I'm sure our special guest watched one of. Um, but yeah, very excited to get this going. So as Danny alluded to there, the season is about to get into full swing. As I said, there were some Coppa Italia games last weekend, but I doubt anyone even in Italy watched some of them unless they were fans of the teams. So we won't mention them. But yeah, Italian football is about to get back in full swing. And so to commemorate that, we're going to do some predictions. We're going to do some talk about the season, a bit of a season preview. And to help us with that, we have got a very special guest. You may know him as the Euro expert on Twitter. You may know him as the guy who watched way too much football. Alex, say hi to our listeners. Hello, hello. It's, uh, may I say, I I feel embarrassed in the sense I I'm such a massive fan of your podcast and I've made it so publicly obvious. I literally listen to every episode. I mean, you guys are absolutely great. So uh, I I hope I hope that praise lands well. I'm a embarrassingly excited to be on. Uh, I'll be shown up by your Italian football knowledge, but I'll be trying my hardest today. You just made Danny blush. He's <laughs> just, he's so, he's so happy to know that someone listens listens to our podcast. But, someone, yeah. Well, we know that we know that more people listen to our people listen to our podcast because we actually have quite a few questions to get through. So we're going to be smattering them throughout the podcast because a lot of them link into the topics that we're going to be talking about. But we should get started with. The team that won the title last season, and that is Napoli. Obviously, Napoli will be hoping to retain it um, this season. They haven't sold that many players. Kim and Jay has obviously left to buy a Munich, but they've managed to keep hold of their main assets. Kavica Karatsteria, uh, Victor Osimhen, uh, Stanislav Lobotka as well is probably the underweighted one there because Saudi Arabia were interested in him. So let's start by talking about then. Danny, do you think they have a chance of retaining it this season, or do you think that Rudy Garcia's appointment might undermine that? Very loaded question from me, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they've probably got a very good chance because, like you said, they kept the best striker in the league. They kept the best winger, and no, probably not Leal's better, but like uh, one, probably the third best player in the league. They've kept all the foundations, bar Kim Min Jae, who they got like a healthy fee for. And they've obviously brought in, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but um, they've sent it back from Bragantino in Brazil. So, Rudy Garcia is a weird one, because last time he was in Serie A, he won his first 10 games with Roma in a season, and they looked like nailed on to win the league, but then Conte just turned Juventus into like an insane beast, and they got like 106 points, I think, which is the most ever in the season. Um, and Spalletti was a former, you know, Roma coach who had done well there but not won the league. So you never know. And, and obviously Rudy Garcia has title-winning credentials. I think he won the league in France with Lille. So, uh, yeah, I think they should probably still win the league just with the players we ha- they have. I think they've done quite well in pre-season, just going through some of the stats from their games and stuff. Obviously can't tell much about it. But 
when you keep that core and they've got the experience and like just keeping Awesome Hen alone gives you a great chance of winning the league because he scores so many goals and he's so influential and in just how much he can impact the game away from that as well. So yeah, I think I would still have them at least challenging. I think I have one team kind of above them that I'm sure we'll get onto, but yeah, I still think they'll do pretty well. A little, uh, a little preview for the listener there. A little thing to look forward to. Who Danny thinks is going to be better than Napoli and definitely get shown up for later on in the season. Um, I'll go on to you, Alex. Now, obviously, again, Rudy Garcia has been appointed. They've obviously kept hold of those players. They've been linked with some more players. Obviously, I think it was Natan Negdan, a Brazilian centre-back that Danny alluded to. They've been linked with Gabri Vega from Celta Vigo. What do you think of their chances? I'm quite positive on Napoli. Um, I must say I'm actually probably the most positive man maybe here on Rudy Garcia. I think he's got a bad reputation in France because he hasn't picked his teams very well. Very well. He went from Marseille to Lyon and then he, he did what a lot of Danny's favourite players tend to do and go to Saudi. Um, but he is a underrated coach. Danny's crying off screen. He, in the final uh, team he was at in club football um, at Lyon, right? Uh, he took over at the kind of halfway through a season, a bit earlier, because Leon appointed a guy called Silvino, who's you know gone into the abyss, and fans absolutely hated it, like clown memes everywhere online. But he dragged him up the table until the season got cancelled. He took him to the semi-finals of the Champions League. Um, he got Memphis Depay putting his best season ever in that period and the season after, where there was a genuine realistic possibility. That he could have won the league. This was in the team, uh, the season that Lille won it. And in fact, he he could have actually gone on to do it if Lille hadn't come back from two 0 down to beat them three two about seven or eight games before the end of the season when like Burak Yilmaz was one of the best players in Europe. What a fun era! But he's genuinely just put out very solid teams. He's got the best out of his players. And I think James Corncastle has kind of touched on it pretty nice as well. As long as he doesn't meddle too much in this system, and he did play a four three three at Lyon. Keeps the same things going on in Napoli. Uh, I think he's talented enough to kind of keep things ticking. And as you guys have already outlined, they've still got really good players there. Their chances will probably be pretty high. Personally, I feel like they might gear towards more Europe and see what they can do with that. Uh, but I'm excited to watch them. Yeah, I think I obviously was joking a bit with Rudy Garcia. I'm going to say that now. I'm not actually that harsh on him. I think my opinion I've said on this podcast before has been like, he's not the manager that I'd say wins you a title. Like, I think what you kind of mentioned and what James Horncastle's obviously mentioned is he does get to those points in the season where he starts messing with the thing that works and you're like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you could just imagine it's like, oh yeah, we're winning all these games. Let's play Victor Osterman on the wing. And you're like, but why? Like, why are we doing this, Rudy Garcia? And I think that was kind of with, oh, Danny's Danny has raised the hand. I didn't know you could even do this in this sort of podcast format. Um, Danny, would you want to... <laughs> It's a great function. I always forget. <laughs> I always forget that you can raise a hand. Danny, do you want to? Do you want to interject? Do you have a question? <laughs> no, I don't have. A, not a question per se. I think the thing about Tinker is Napoli don't exactly have the deepest squad. Like it's pretty set in stone. Like he could do something outrageous, but other than that, he can't really. It's not a deep squad where he can tinker too much. I also think that, not that I've watched a lot about him, but I've heard quite a bit is that Kajust or could just stay or however you I don't know how you say it is seems to be quite a good pickup kind of takes the load off some of the players in midfield um I 
think also with Zelensky staying instead of going to Saudi, that's quite big for them as well because he's so good at creating attacks. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think yeah, there's not too much. Maybe we might see two strikers with Simeone and Osman, but I, don't, I just think it's if you keep all the best players on the pitch with Napoli, I think it kind of works out. We're going to go on to one of the questions now because this kind of touches on the next topic. Um, Dieter van Gucht, friend of the podcast, always, always a good fan, always retweets, always gets involved, and we, we thank him for that. So he is one of the other listeners to our podcast. Um, he obviously asked, well, which team do you think is one to beat in Syria? We've already answered that. But he said, which teams do you think will make the top four? So I'm going to go to Danny straight away because Danny seems to think that one of the teams might make higher in the top four than Napoli. <laughs> But I'm going to say, what are your top four, Danny? And what order do you think they're going to be in? Well, I actually think two teams might finish above Napoli. But one's quite outrageous. Um, I think AC Milan are the team to beat off the back of what's happened this summer. The fact that they've got like players in their squad that have won the league as well. There's not been as much uprest as there's been at Napoli. And they've flipped Tonali for like six, seven guys that really flesh out the squad and give them strength. Um, so Milan, then I think Lazio will finish quite high up the table. Um, I know we've talked quite a lot about them, but like Sarri's really building something there. They've now signed another couple of really good players with Ravella and Kamada coming in that suit how, the way he plays. And like, there's just so much evidence that if you give him the ability to build out his squad, he will get you high up the table. He's, we've seen it at Napoli. He, okay, won a league at Juventus where it wasn't his squad and it wasn't great, but he still managed to win a league and that counts for something. He won the Europa League at, at um, Chelsea again in, in kind of tricky circumstances. So I just think with his coaching and, and the squad that he's managed to build there, I think they'll get top four. And then I think... I go back and forth with Inter and maybe Juventus just because of the lack of European football on the fourth place. I think I'd lean Inter just with Juventus's transfer market hasn't been great so far. I mean, they've brought in one player in Timothy Weah and that's it, really. So Inter have fleshed out the squad and although they've lost some real key assets and especially Onana going is, is massive and I don't really like the move to replace him with Jan Sommer I think I would just give them the edge right now Okay so that's your top four Danny Alex would you like to challenge Danny's top four or would you like to agree with some of his points I, I guess so I'll be honest Danny I was furiously thinking about this while you were answering so I paid 75% attention and I'm still making my mind up now in a sense I think in the top four just because there's so many good teams here I think I'd be going with Napoli based off what I just said I don't think bold, I can go bold, against bold it bold shout to start with <laughs> Juventus I think I'm, I'm not giving them, this isn't my order by the way in the table we'll leave that till later then we'll go Juventus Napoli Inter and Lazio. I think there's quite a few teams in there. The one team I'm not as keen on particularly is Milan. And the reason I'm not keen on Milan is because, similar reason to last year, they've brought in a lot of young players again. And I think maybe they will be good in a couple of years, but we can't forget the turmoil um, off the pitch with what happened with Paolo Maldini, right? Um, 
I think there are a couple of great players in the team, like Ismail Benacer, Rafael Leal. And by great, I mean like proper Champions League level. Like Vicario Tomori is up there as well, of course. But, you know, is Noah Okafor going to land and be an absolute superstar? Like, Yassine Adli, is he going to come into the team or is he absolutely gone now, right? And it's just Has a... anyone seen Yassine Adli since, what was it, the pre-season friendly or the mid-season friendly against Liverpool that me and Danny used to always reference? <laughs> <laughs> Probably no not. No one's ever seen him since. But the best way to sum up is they've got they might have Charles de Ketelaritis. Like exceptional potential, but do they actually land straight away in Syria on propelling up the table? Not super sure. Fair, fair, fair. Um obviously that was part of one of the other questions we had from um Jesus, I'm gonna say. It's Jesus with an accent on it, so we'll see what it says. Uh, predictions on Milan post Maldini firing, any confidence with the board and the signings they've made for the season? So you've kind of answered that. I, I kind of agree with you on Milan. I, I laughed when you said it just because Danny's face just went into a full, just like shocked <laughs> sort of what are you saying? But I think I agree with Milan. Um not actually making the top four. I think they've made some great signs in midfield. I think they've really strengthened that midfield and kind of added some um strength where there was and not in depth. I mean, Ruben Loftus-Cheek seems like a great signing. Randers seems like a really good signing so far. And I think what they've done as well, which is really good, is they've signed players to play on the right wing, which kind of means that Leal is getting more space. I've said that before on this podcast. I'll say it again because it's just a prediction. But I do kind of agree with you with Okafor, where I don't see where the goals are coming from reliably. Like, Giroud's getting older, so you can't really rely on him to get as many goals in Okafor. You don't know where he's going to hit the ground running. So... With all that being said, I'm going to lead into my top four predictions. Um, not in order. Uh, Napoli. Uh, Lazio. Uh, we're going to go with... I forgot the other one I was going to say. It's tough, <laughs> I'm isn't gonna, it? I'm going to say, I'm gonna say Napoli are going to win it. Lazio are going to come second. And then I'm going to say third is going to be Atalanta. And then I'm going to say fourth is going to be AC Milan. Because I do think they have enough for... And I think they're better than Inter because we kind of discussed their Inter transfer window off camera with Danny. And I was saying the the start of their window looked expert. <laughs> this raised hand feature is getting so much more usage than it usually does. Um, I think the start of their window looked exceptional, but it kind of really trailed off uh, later on. And I think the kind of signings they've made later on have not that good. Alex, you have a you have a point to make. Yes, I just want one more final point on Milan that might convince our view. Might convince our view. We can praise. The transfers to an extent, as you said, Chiquese, that's a really good signing, like analytics-wise, eye test-wise. But are we really going to go just swave over Christian Pulisic and Ruben Loftus-Cheek? Can oh, can both of you like really believe both of them will play over 20 games combined? Like Straight face, Ruben Loftus-Cheek will be a great signing for him. Christian Pulisic, injuries, yeah, I can understand that. But Ruben Loftus-Cheek will be a great signing for him. I, I think either if Liao or... Um, Leal Chiquese get injured, I think they're in more trouble than we all realise in the tack. But, you know, who knows? I can't believe that you two have spoke about AC Milan for near enough 10 minutes and not one of you has mentioned that they have by far and away the best goalkeeper in the league. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. And, like... Yeah, we take Mike, we take Mike Magnum for granted. That's that's the problem. Like, like, we take him for granted. With him, with him, if you keep Benacer semi-fit, if you have Chiquese and... Leal in the wings. If you just stick Giroud up front, like he will score. So like, there's I just I think there's too much going for them. With with Manuel, a ge- genuine question here: he, Has he got an injury prone problem, or has he just have been unfortunate with like you know freak injuries the last couple of seasons? It's freak injuries. 
Fair enough. I, think I, I was going to say that as well, but I, I thought Danny might have a bit of thing. I'm surprised neither of you really questions the Atalanta shout. The, one, the ones that you questioned more was the Milan stuff. Like, I, I threw Atalanta in there thinking that I was going to get some sort of reaction, and then no one was like, everyone just like, yeah, go on, have that one. <laughs> I agree. Atalanta, Atalanta, I wouldn't be opposed to them finishing up. I had them in my top four and two, or I remember, like, Napoli and, Juvent uh, Napoli and Lazio, rather. But... I, I think it could work. I think it's just Atalanta probably have the lowest expectations, right, of all of these teams. Like, they'd, they'd be the team happiest to be here in the top four, whereas the others would probably gun for the title. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think what my thing on Atalanta is they've managed to keep the key players. Like, obviously, they've kept they've kept hold of Coop Miners, who's amazing, and I would have thought that, like, someone like AC Milan or something would have looked at him as sort of like a midfield signing, given what they were needing. Uh, and they've kept so far Scalvini. It seems like their their price tag is kind of um, warding off the likes of Inter Milan and Juventus who are looking to sign him. And the one thing that I think they've added really well is that they've really rejuvenated that forward line. Obviously, we were talking about Luis Moriel and Duván Zapata who's aging out. They've sold Rosas Highland to United. But they managed to bring in uh, Bellatore, Scamacca, and then obviously Di Catalare. The last one, maybe a bit of a risk, but I think he'll do well. I'm still on the train that he will do very well. Um, because I think he's a good player, and I think he wasn't really used that well at Milan. But I think Schumacher is kind of the coup there, because every team, I'd say bar Napoli, every team above them could have done with Schumacher. Lazio, obviously, with Cyril Mobley having injuries and kind of slowing down. Roma needed him. Uh, we haven't really mentioned Roma. I think like, we're all just kind of thinking that Roma's going to just be a bit of a mess because it's Mourinho third season. Um, Milan and Inter all could have used Schumacher. And he went to Atalanta, and I think that's probably the best fit for him. Yeah, 100%. James Gamaka probably signing in the window. I have questions about that Atalanta attack. It's all very tall, which is one thing. I, have you, have I you never know. watched the NBA? Tall, tall, <laughs> it's tall ball. <laughs> Danny, are you a short king? Are you a bit jealous? <laughs> a wee bit. I'm jealous of anything that has But I. I the attack is fine and we'll see how Gasparini kind of gels that together because obviously I still think Lukman's probably the most key guy there. Um, you know, I mean, because he was last season, I would expect to. They've obviously kept um, Scalvini. But the midfield is not great, Barcoot Miners. Like, Ederson didn't really have the impact he maybe could have. The rest of them are getting on a bit. Darun's been rumoured to leave and is also quite limited and then wing back they've signed Backer they've signed um, Kalasinic look at disgust on your face when you just said Backer it was just yeah. it's, kind of, it's something I, I needed know. to communicate I know and, I, and, and like I'm doubting myself as I say it because like Scalvi, um, Gasparini's like the wing back whisperer and like just like he makes Zappacosta look effective so maybe it'll all click but I think, like Alex said, like the expectations are by far the lowest. If they make the Champions League, like it's incredible every time they do it, really. So, if they, I just don't see them competing with the Milan clubs, with Napoli, with with Lazio. The budgets just far eclipse what Atalanta can do. So we'll just move on now to the sort of just outside the top four. We'll kind of just say let's put expectations aside and let's focused on the vibe so Alex Towles asked I've never watched or really followed Serie A much so I don't have a team to root for what team has the best vibes going into this season now 
I'm going to let Alex go first because I know what Danny wants to say. <laughs> and I'm going to hope that Alex says it instead of him. Um, which team do you think Alex should probably follow? Other Alex should follow. Well, I'll tell you what, the way you've worded the question might tend to change my answer. I'll, I'll start with Fiorentina anyway, just so Danny can't say it. Um, Fiorentina, obviously, probably the best upcoming coach in Serie A, in Vincenzo Italiano. The only thing they were missing last season was goals, like a, a regular source of goals. But they have a, a lot of fun players in that team, mainly Sofian Amrabat. Even if he leaves, you've got Dodo at right back, I think. So he, he had a really big, nice growth last season. He kind of started as like a... How, how he was at Shakhtar, just powering down the wing. By the end of the season, he was a lot more happy to uh, kind of invert inside. Um, they've sold Arthur Cabral as well, which is a bit of a shame. I think he went to Benfica, if I'm not wrong. Um, but the way you worded it by saying, you know, someone who's never watched Serie A before, uh, to the best vibes... I fear without if they their goal scoring problems continue next season, they might get someone might get a bit bored of Fiorentina if they're not a tactical nerd. So I just quickly say go and watch Roma for a meltdown, and I'm sure you'll absolutely love the vibes there for toxic reasons. Yeah, that's kind of like that's the sob meme of just like me watching someone's downfall because I prayed for it. So yeah, you know, you know it. the you know the smiling girl outside of the house on fire meme. It's that. Yeah, to be fair, I feel like I feel like if Alex was just like if it was like Alex had never watched Syria at all before and knew nothing about it, I would just for a joke to say Juventus because I feel like that would just be it'd be funny for me to watch his reactions to watching Juventus for a season like hey, Danny. You're gonna, get, you're gonna get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to say it. You don't have to agree. I wouldn't actually answer Fiorentina here. Um, I have two answers. I think I'll start with. Calgary are incredible vibes. They're the only team not from the main part of Italy. They're from Sardinia. So they've got something that different about them. They're supported by, shout out, Francesco and Marco Lai, um, who are two great guys. Oh, and yes. Claudio Ranieri is their manager. Like, what better vibes can you have than that? Like, they, It's so much fun. Their stadium's lovely. They've got red and blue half kits. They, they've Played, they came up through the playoffs uh, in Serie B, which is an absolute shit show of a, a, like a, a system. Um, so, yeah, they're coming back up. They they were like a mainstay in, in Serie A for quite a while and then went down, but they've come back up pretty quickly. So I'd say them. And also, I think Thiago Mata's Bologna are probably a really interesting case if you want to watch like interesting football. He's doing a lot of different tactical stuff there. They've lost a few guys, but they've kind of kept the main core of the side they had last year, and they caused a lot of problems for teams above them, kind of really pushed on towards the end of the season, where I think we were even discussing them as potential uh, conference league candidates late last season. I think, yeah, if you want to watch some fun football, I'd watch Bologna. You guys did a really good breakdown of them. That's one of the first episodes I listened to, actually, of uh, Bologna. Just a quick shout Maybe you, t- you two could fill in more because I didn't watch them last year, but I watched a few of their players. Were we not forgetting Sassuolo here, maybe? A couple of really nice attackers in Loriente and Pinamonte. So Sassuolo was probably going to be in my little mix. I'd like to point out, by the way, with Caligari, is it's all great until they're bad, and then you have to watch an old man cry, which is why <laughs> you have to watch Ranieri be sad on the touchline. And do you want to watch that? <laughs> Does anyone want to watch that? As I said, Casey, uh, sickos. 
Yeah, sickos. That's what Serie A is. It's like Serie A is like, yeah, there's some. There's always like two teams that play nice football, and the rest of them are just just messing up in general. Which comes from my team. Uh, it's Monsland. a proper. <laughs> it's a proper like against all odds. Though I saw something earlier that they're like statistically the most likely place they'll finish is twentieth. Calgary. Are you saying they're gonna win the league? They're gonna. They're gonna survive. Is my. <laughs> so, so we, t- let's put, bring yeah. that back. Uh, Let's put it this way. They're not finished 20th. They're finishing 19th. Frozenone are finished 20th. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Frozenone are not... Like, Frozenone are not winning a game till Christmas. That's my... Like, Fran- Francesco asked for some bold predictions. Frozenone won't win a game till Christmas. They'll win their opener now. Oh, I've said that. Um, but, yeah. In terms of sickos, if you want to watch the, the pure... Pure... Uh, unadulterated Serie A, watch Monza. Because... Last season, we I kind of had a lot of fun watching them and kind of mentioning them on the podcast because whenever they, a big team came up against them and they should have won, they would just somehow find a way to lose against them or draw. And it was just watching just these teams just like with so much better attacks, so much better midfields, just coming up against this roadblock that, that was run by Silvio, uh, Silvio Berlusconi, rest in peace. Um, but in terms of that, like I think Mons is a good one. I think Sassuolo... Could be good, but they also could be because the Swallow are all over the place in general. Like I think they have some really good players, but they're kind of not really sure where they're meant to be right now. I think they made some decent signings in the um, transfer window, but I don't think that they're going to be up there. I think they'll probably be at most mid table. Yeah, and I, I just I've got to say Roma. Like I just I enjoy. I think Roma actually made some good signings. Like I think. They've been linked with Duvan Zapata, which is a bit questionable, but then they've also brought in Paredes, who obviously was at Roma before he went to Zenit St. Petersburg, um, who is a very Mourinho-esque midfielder. I will not elaborate more on that. Um, he's finally got Ronaldo Sanchez after he wanted at Manchester United all those years ago, and I think Ronaldo Sanchez, he's got kind of on a steal. Oh, uh, Alex is shaking his head. Do you want to interject quickly on that? I... I tell you what, I'll pay one of you. I'll pay you both five pounds if Renato Sanchez makes more than twenty-five appearances this season. The guy's most injury-prone player on planet Earth. I'll be shocked. I'll be. I'd be shocked if he plays more than ten games. You can continue. Oh. Okay. Okay. There was a there was a five-pound bet thrown out there for no reason. I think Alex has a gambling addiction. <laughs> He's just throwing <laughs> out money bets. I'm like, no one's even prompting him to do it. He's just like there waiting, like. Yeah, tenor, tenor if, he, tenor if he plays more than five games. Like, Alex, it's probably more really likely. It's like, ah, tenor. Go for it, go for it. But I think Ronaldo Sanchez is a really good, talented player. And I think if he can play more games, then he, he is a really good addition to midfield as well. As for some while, could be really good. He could also be bad. But that's kind of 50-50. I think Evan and Dicker is the main one that I'm quite excited about. I think that's a really good sign in centre-back. Danny has raised his hand. Danny, go on. Well... Roma played a friendly last week and um, Mourinho brought off Hussam Awar for the last 10 minutes, but he didn't bring another player on. He just took Awar off. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that. What? Why has that not been on social media? That That's where I saw mentioned. it. Did you see that? I did not see that. Maybe that was just why, while I was not, <laughs> I was not paying attention. How do you do that? Uh, just, just while Danny is talking, just to back up the Ronaldo Sanchez point, he's the last time he made more than twenty starts in a league campaign was when he was at Benfica. That's like that stat that was going around like 40 percent of um, Reese James's starts are all from Wigan. So that one was going <laughs> that's around. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so we'll go on to another question now, and kind of we'll talk about him a bit because we've not mentioned him. Um, 
It said uh, Alex Donson. We have a lot of Alexes following us. That's three now. <laughs> That's a lot, apparently. Um, instead of the usual, which clubs have you been most impressed with in terms of transfer business? Which clubs activity have you been most disappointed by? He said not including Juve. I kind of do want to touch on Juve because I feel like they definitely needed to do a lot this uh, this summer to kind of fix a lot of things, and they've done nothing. <laughs> like I thought, we, we were talking about how they were shooting for Parisi, they didn't sign him. Uh, Danny, as the person who would get most in trouble for criticising Juventus, do you want to start? Yeah, uh, it's been dismal. Um, you've brought in Timothy Weir, who I, the signing got clowned at the time. I think he's kind of impressed in pre-season. Um, and actually kind of fits, like he's better than Quadrado, so that's something, like they'll play him in that kind of wing-back role. But then you got rid, you decided to sign Rabio on like a big contract, and then you decide to get rid of Ravella, and, and apparently are now on the lookout for um, a midfielder, where you could have just tried it with like this super talented 21-year-old midfielder who's impressed at Monza and Genoa before then you've sold him I mean I think I've spoken to Alex about this before but like permanently signing Milik is just meh like that's who cares that's boring Um, and then today or yesterday like apparently AC Milan are now pushing hard to sign Moise Ken and like and then Juve have been trying all summer to get Lukaku and ship off Lavic. And as much as I, I'm not the biggest fan of Lavic, that move makes no sense because you're bringing in like this old player that doesn't... It just burns every bridge possible going to him. It's just been a bit of a mess. But the the big thing for Juventus is I think that they brought in Giantoli, the sporting director, and this is like his first few weeks in the job and he turned Napoli into like this excellent team and he seems to have quite an eye for players. He likes to shop in France a lot. So I'd expect that Juve use that market. It's just Juve are in a weird place where they brought in this new sporting director, but Allegri's not exactly... He's like a win-now coach that isn't very good. So It's a bit like West Ham it. with um, their new sporting director and Moyes. It's yeah. like you've got this really progressive sporting director who has all these big ideas and you're trying to basically make him like synergize with one of the most stubborn managers known to man. Like, he's just like, there's not really much can do. Um, I was just going to throw in Bologna. We kind of mentioned them. I think their transfer business hasn't been that great. I think they could have really done a lot more. They've obviously lost Arnautovic, and they've lost quite a few important players. Um, and then they've not really brought anyone in. I think El Azuri from Union SG is an all right signing. I've heard some people say that he's pretty good, so I think that's fine. But, like, um, I'm not really seeing where the goals are coming from or where they've improved on what they did last season. And me and Danny talked a bit again off camera before we started. Hellas Verona, we do not know what they're doing because they were terrible last season. They only just stayed up and they have signed uh, Andrej Duda from Köln, who is, I think some of you may remember from Norwich um, as being not great. Um, then they brought in Jaden Braff, uh, for a million and then they've brought in Sapanara on a free transfer and it just kind of looks like not a lot of anything and it looks like they're definitely going to be in for a scrap again this season they already really should have gone down like they really scraped to get even that relegation playoff and then it's just a shame that Spezia kind of ran out of steam 
Yeah, it was the Inzola injury, which you mentioned. Like, that Verona team was horrible, and I don't see them getting any better. As much as I don't actually hate their window, the fact that Torino have sold single to another league just breaks my heart, because I love watching that guy, and the fact that he's not going to be in Serie A and like rampaging up that Torino wing anymore is, is just a bit sad, but he's got a nice move to Monaco. Um, and they have brought in Bellanova, who's a really good young Italian um, from Cagliari. So I'd just give them an honourable mention because that's that's a shame. Anyone you want to add to this, Alex? Uh, we've kind of touched on all the things I was mentioning, uh, thinking about. How's Rona was one, but they've spent, I think, like the third or fourth lowest in Serie like barely anything. And as you said, they're not a good place at all. Um, and I've kind of touched on the other two. Milan, as I said, I've got concerns over. Um, I think Roma, honestly, is thought, you know, made my feelings clear about Renato Sanchez. But I think the Leandro Paredes, I think he's a player who he comes across really well in big games. I think he's got a bit of an inflated reputation. But when PSG fans, and I know PSG fans always, we should take a pinch of salt. But like, they've been quite consistent in that Leandro Paredes, like he's got a very overhyped reputation, and he's not always that good. He can be a little unreliable in midfield. So I'm not utterly convinced by him and I think with being kind to Hussamawa uh, yes it's a free but he's been very much a passenger at Lyon for the past two years ever since Rudy Garcia left and he seems to have real attitude problems um, like ev- everything we hear about him like whether it was through Peter Bosch or Rudy Garcia it just doesn't seem to be liked and as you're going into third season Mourinho and particularly as well like these guys need to land because Mourinho, as we all know, will whine like a little baby uh, if he doesn't think he's been backed enough. And if he considers these signings crap, then that's just going to add to a toxic atmosphere. I actually want to add Roma to the top of my list because I forgot they signed Rasmus Christensen and that is not a footballer. I was going to add that as well. On loan, it's like... That feels like, I don't know... Like, I speak to um, Josh Hobbs, who's a Leeds fan quite a bit, and, like, he clowns that guy constantly. Like, that's not a good signing. They also sold Roger Ibanez, which was... And they sold Tahirovic, who seems to have started quite well at Ajax. Um, we, they do get credit, though, for getting 11 million for Justin Cliver, because what they've managed to do there is get away with fraud. That's an incredible <laughs> amount of money they've got with him. Someone mentioned Justin Clivert to me, and I said, he's, it's like someone was like, oh yeah, but if he scores in the Premier League, he becomes like the second off the player to score in all of Europe's top five leagues. And I was like, yeah, that's a deceptive statistic because it makes him sound good when he's not. <laughs> he'll, he'll also be the only player of all time to score one goal and only one goal in each of Europe's top five leagues, I imagine. Danny looks completely shocked by that statistic. He's just he's been to a lot of clubs. He's been everywhere. Who's the other played, one? Um, I think it's like uh, someone else. Like, oh, do you want to play the game coast quickly? Which which teams have Clive been to? It's um, it's Valencia, RB Leipzig, uh, Roma. Obviously, he's gone to Bournemouth now. And what oh. team am I thinking of? It's Nice. It's nice. Yes. Yeah, it's at nice. Yeah. Uh, what player? Let's shall we play a game? Do you want to put your guesses in now for what player? Cause just to fill the gap of me typing it in, <laughs> what players go in the top five? Eight, you know, the top five leagues. Oh, gotta be like it. Nah, it wouldn't be Giroud. It would be. Is the last time played in Bundesliga? He's not as. Yeah, no, he's not. There is, is yes. Yeah. There is one other. Clivert player, isn't it? It's gonna be someone we've never heard of. How recent? No, you will have heard of. You will have heard of him. 
Oh. He played in the mid. He played um, mid twenty. He played twenty tens, round twenty tens, like either side of it. I think he still plays now, actually. Hmm. Danny, do you want to guess? I'm trying to. I would have definitely said it was Ibra, and then I've completely forgot he didn't play in the Bayern. I will say. I will say the Serie A team because yes. that 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 is in the with the podcast. Fiorentina. Is it Stefan Jovetic? It is Stefan Jovetic. He's <laughs> got it. He's absolutely got it. My guess was going to be uh, Giuseppe Rossi there, but uh, he was like, definitely not playing back Bundesliga. Yeah. So obviously Jovetic has played for Fiorentina, uh, I think it was Monaco, Hertha Berlin, Manchester City, and what league am I forgetting? Spain. Um, who did he play for? Someone. <laughs> I should. I, you, I have the you article. Just made me, this up. You made this, this stat. He's not actually. He played for Atletico Madrid, no. He's, he, sorry, he's beco- uh, proud to become the second player. There's another player actually. Oh, I've completely. No, I've <laughs> just completely missed him. Oh, sorry, Florian Radicchio. You will not remember that guy, so that's yeah, fine. He, he sounds like he'd be really good for football grids. He sounds like the person that <laughs> Justin Kleibert would become if his dad wasn't Patrick. Um, <laughs> So we'll move on now. We've go. We've gone to the top of the table. We've gone to the bottom. We haven't mentioned Genoa. I do want to touch on Genoa because I want to talk about Retegui. I think that's a really interesting signing for. Actually, you know what? Actually, I'm not. I was about to say that's going to be after this part. No, we're going to go straight into it because I've already started talking about it. Retegui is an interesting signing because I think that a lot of teams above Genoa should have signed him, and it's shown in preseason that he's actually been really good. What do you think of the signing of Retegui, Alex? Do you think it's a really good coup for Genoa, or do you think it is just kind of one of those things that he might just peter out and not be as good as what people have thought he might be? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't watched him so much, but I, I guess I have a bit of... I, this maybe comes to you guys with the question. I think it depends on how well Genoa run, because I know they signed... Um, a guy from, I think I want to say the Swiss or Austrian league, just the year before, well, in the year they got relegated, who had a really good season and um, ended up getting, uh, well, ended up doing basically nothing. And I think it depends on how well Genoa run and how, like, structured they are this season. I mean, Retegi, you know, I picked up on him when he, I'm, I'm right in thinking as well, he's the guy who got called up for Italy even though he's playing in Argentina and born in Argentina, that fun little loophole. Um, he's probably going to get more press attention because of that. So, let, I mean, let's see. Can you guys tell me anything about how... Have Genoa changed much off the pitch since their relegation? I think of the two clubs that are currently in Genoa, they are, best, they are definitely the best run, which isn't saying much. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you both £5 to go on the betting team if you can name me Genoa's manager, because he's quite famous. I, d- I wouldn't know the name, but is it the guy who's been in Italian football for like two decades? He's been in Italian football a long, long time. It's, um, it's, um, it, oh, God, who is it? No, I've completely, it's gone out of my mind. I know who it is and I is can't it, think. Of... Does your second name begin with a Z or am I thinking of the other guy? Right, that's not, I know who you're thinking of. It's not, it's, it's not, not Zeman. Zeman. No. Oh, God, who is it? It's gone completely out of my mind. I know, I know who it is as well. It's gone completely It's out Alberto Gellardino. Striker from the Genoa, the ex Genoa hitman. Fiorentina, World Cup winner. They are owned by 7 7 partners, so they've got a lot more money than Cagliari and Frozenone. And they've got. So, what, we've got like two seasons before that? that Yeah, like, so they've got huge back and they've brought Kevin Strutman back, which is a blast. Oh, yes. (laughs) 
they brought in Junior Messias. Um, they brought in a keeper, Martinez from. How Leipzig. is that? How, I like how you went. It was a sign of a well-run club. Is them signing Junior Messias? <laughs> I didn't say they were. I didn't say they were well-run. I said they had financial backing. Um, but they have actually picked up some some nice transfers. They got um, Thorsby on loan from Union Berlin. Who I don't know how he got on in the Bundesliga, but he was good for Sampdoria and has also obviously played in that city. Um, for their rivals, they signed Kony De Winter, who uh, is owned by Juventus but spent last season at Empoli. Kind of plays on the right side of a back three. He's quite progressive. He's 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 actually a really nice player. I, I had big expectations for him, but he's just keeps seems to keep getting loaned. And they also permanently signed Dragason, who's another centre back from Juventus's youth team, who they had last season, who's quite good. I think that the amount of finance and the fact that they've got Retigui, who has already scored competitive goals for them in the Coppa Italia last week with a really nice finish, and just seems to be able to score goals, probably puts them. They'll probably finish the highest of the three relegated teams, uh, promoted teams. The the player I was thinking of before was Kevin Yaboa, by the way, who scored uh, eleven goals for Stuttgart and was praised by Rasmus Hoyland because he was signed uh, by Jean, by Jean, I think twenty twenty two January, and yeah. Went didn't do anything at all. He's he went on loan to uh, Augsburg last season. And he's got two goals across Genoa and Augsburg in his last year and a half. So I get that you know I'm open to them doing well. Let's just see. Let's hope their scouting and integrations improved. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good roundup. On, you know what? So we're now going to move on to another team, a team that we've actually done a podcast on uh, earlier on in our in our run in terms of our our existence as a podcast. And that is Udinese. I'm going to answer Justin Block's question myself. What's good with better? <laughs> Team's all right. <laughs> he's not going. He's not moved. I, I think I expected him to probably get linked with more clubs. We've kind of said that he got linked with Everton, but it seems like he's going to stick at Udinese. But then, obviously, Neil Shalat has asked, "Do you think that Udinese might be able to challenge Fiorentina for the best of the rest spot this season?" So, Danny, I'm going to talk. Uh, ask you first. Uh, the team of your your favourite man, Jared Deofeu, which is weird since he played for Everton, which is only what I've just put together. Um, <laughs> what he re- do you he think they're going to do this once, though. <laughs> that, over, that, that old football loyalty out of the window, he retweeted you once. <laughs> I don't mind Everton. My family are Everton fans. You know, it's fine. Um, and you're the disappointment. <laughs> well, no, my dad's a Liverpool fan. It's just more his family that are Everton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Udinese, can they be the best of the rest? Yes, but I don't think so personally. Um, the the Talvin signing wasn't great. Um, obviously, De La Fiel got injured, and I think is still injured, like a really serious injury. That's not a like for like replacement, and De La Fiel so creates so much of of Udinese's like attacks, and made. Beto like score so many goals. Beto is a really like old school nine. He'll just finish what's in front of him, and that's kind of it. I don't know much about Brenner, the guy they've signed from Cincinnati. Um, he is good on FM. He's is my answer obviously. To that question. I do not know anything else about him. Alex, have you watched any of FC Cincinnati games? <laughs> I've, I have not. They come with Euro Expert, not World Expert, Casey. Alright, fair enough. Actually, I should have got that. I should have seen that one coming. I'm not going to. But well, so their tactic seems to have been to sign really highly rated young strikers because they also signed Lorenzo Luca from Ajax, who is f- formerly at Pisa, 
I think, in Serie B, who scored a lot of goals. The Ajax move didn't really work out. I think he's also already scored in the Coppa Italia games. But they are, or look like they're going to lose Samarzic. I think his move to Inter fell through, but I think Juventus want him. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him go. He is very key on chance creation um, and he gets a few goals. I, so, I don't no, I don't really see them challenging the best of the rest. I think they've got some really nice parts, and if I was to say one thing to maybe look out for for Udinese this year, it would be um, Simone Pafundi, who is this 17-year-old Italian kid who you might have seen it during the summer where he came on for the under-20s in the World Cup and scored like a direct free kick to win the goal, uh, to win the game with like two minutes to go, which is incredible. He's really highly rated uh, midfielder. So yeah, I think they'll they'll be fun to watch. But like, I think I think they were the first like team special we did on this podcast, and we basically came to the assumption that they're like just the most possibly mid-table team possible. And I think they'll probably be about the same. Like they'll be fun to watch. They'll score goals. They'll concede goals. They play young players and they sell them to clubs that are above them. Like it's it's a fun. It's a fun club, and it's like tucked away right in the very like right northern side of um, Italy near the uh, Eastern European countries. So it's a bit different as well. They've also, I mean, Danny didn't mention it there, but you know they've lost Destiny Adogian as far as I can make out. They've not adequately replaced him really, and he contributed seven goals last season. That's actually a big part of their system. That's going to be an issue. And the only other thing to add was. Uh, just to amend Danny's note about uh, their transfer strategy, their transfer strategy is to sign uh, young high potential players around Europe and anyone from Watford. Let's not forget that. But... I was just about to look. They signed Dominguez Quina, Christian Gavaselli, and Joel Ferreira from <laughs> Watford. So, and Jordan Zamora from Bournemouth, actually. That's who they've replaced um, the dodgy with, Jordan Zamora from Bournemouth. Wow. So. They also have an Irish player, which is fun, and Festi Ebisili. <laughs> So, yeah, which they signed from our... Dar- who they signed from Derby County, I think. So, yeah. yeah, they they shop in weird markets. So that's our in-depth look at Udinese. If you <laughs> if you're wondering, um, yeah. To be fair, we we do have a full podcast on the tactics. I don't think much has changed. Obviously, like a couple of players have changed. It's going to be an interesting season for him. I hope Brenner does well because obviously, I think they need another striker. Lorenzo Luca seems a lot in the mode of Beto and sort of he is this kind of traditional target man number nine who you just kind of get the ball to and he scores and. I think that's that. And on to the last question that we have. Um, Travis Levinson asked, what game are you most looking forward to watching and why? He said, I can't decide between Bologna versus Milan or Genoa versus Florentina. Two interesting choices. Um, do you have a game in mind, Alex, that you are, what you've got calendar, you got your calendar out there, you've got it penciled in. That's what you're going to be watching. That's what you're going to be looking at that weekend. I, I always tend to do this on a Friday uh, on a Friday night, so I'll be doing this now instead, just to pencil in my games. Um, I will be looking at Udinese v Juventus, because this is the final question. I'm going to work in my major point of Serie A. You're both going to absolutely hate is that I think Juventus will win the league this year, and I'm going to be watching them to see my point get proven. Is this, is this what we've been waiting for? You to say Juventus win the league? Yeah. I know Danny's... Danny's Danny's girlfriend my, now is in My the girlfriend game. is <laughs> the most die-hard Juventus fan I've ever met in my life. Even she wouldn't say that. 
Yes, no one says it because, and you know what? I've been building this up all just, podcast. I'm just Danny was talking. I'm just clip, da- clipping up the audio. Just da- Danny was talking about Juventus earlier. Is that? Like, oh yeah, this transfer. They've done this. It's a bit boring. You know, they've done Bayern Munich. That's a bit boring. They're boring, and you know what? They've always done. They've been boring, and they've won. And if not for that points ban last season, they would have finished second. All right. Obviously, a bit further away from Napoli. Now, was it third? Danny's opinion is not third. They would have been close to third, a second. I think they were second, and then they got their points ban, and they gave up on life. But that's true. I don't think you can bet against Max Allegri at this point, just because. Yes, he had that fir- bad first season, but even how outdated he is, he just continues to grind out these annoying wins. Do I like watching them? Not particularly. Nobody likes watching them. Stephen, Stephen, who we've Stephen, who we've had on this podcast breaks every single weekend on Twitter when we see this. He just completely loses his mind. Which is back <laughs> to one of my points in a second. But yeah, my long winded answer is I will be watching defensive league so just I think they can win the league this season and I'll be keen to watch how it plays out. And let's also not forget, as boring as they are, they've genuinely got some really exciting youngsters coming through in uh, Fagioli, Moretti, Sula, uh Baranchera, I think I pronounced his name right as well. Like and Ireland Junior of course. They were integrated well last season, right? I'm excited to see if Allegri really does propel me to the first team. So, yeah, there's my answer to your question you asked and a question you didn't ask. The problem problem with that is that Allegri has already loaned out Baron Chair to Frosinone. Who? Moretti is probably going to go on loan. And then he'll still play Rabio every week. So, yeah, no, they do have Rabio. Rabio's a player I really like, so, you know. But no, they do have they do have exciting young players, and like I think I've said it quite a few times, like their next gen academy is like the shining light of that club. Um, I guess I'll go to my answer. I think two games kind of stand out. Sassuolo Atalanta is fun. Seems like there'll be a lot of goals in that. First look at Scamacca um, back in Serie A, as well as El Bilal Touré, who I'm kind of intrigued to watch because I've not really seen him. And Scalvini is always fun. And then the Monday night game between Bologna and Milan will be interesting because Bologna took a few points off bigger clubs last year and that's it's a tough first game away from Milan um, against an old foe in Thiago Motta. Yeah, I think I agree that uh, Sassuolo versus Atalanta is the game that I'll be watching. I think, I, I think that'll be a great game. I think that'll be, um, yeah, a lot of goals, a lot of like tactical little swifts, a lot of good wingers, a lot of... Yeah, it would just be fun to watch. I think that I think I'm trying to overthink it there. What will be the most fun to watch? Sassuolo versus Atalanta. Um, in terms of the whole season, I'm gonna throw back in your point, Alex. I'm gonna say the most exciting match to watch will be the one where Max Allegri finally gets fired because I feel like I will watch people physically break on the timeline. I think it'll be like maybe like twelve or thirteen games in, and there'll just be people screaming. There won't even be like legible words said. It'll just be screeches of noises of just people just like, I can't do this anymore. And then the club will be like, actually, yeah, we'll sack him. And I think that'll be a very interesting game to watch because I think it would just be fun. I'll, I'll wait for the funeral-like atmosphere when they win Syria. Yeah, because no one wants that. I know, no one wants it, but they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They, like, they always do. It makes my life kind of easier if they're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're good, but Liverpool are bad. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's your trade. No, that which one what... would you? No, <laughs> if you had to no. pick one team to have a good season, Liverpool, Juventus, who would it be? <laughs> now, 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 what we'll say is you can give your on-camera answer, but you can give your real answer off-camera. <laughs> they're both Liverpool doing well. 
on the first week, that that Frosinone Napoli game is a proper banana skin, like away to the. It's either a proper banana skin or it is just like welcome back it, to it might, it might like, it'll <laughs> likely be like 3-0 like in second year Napoli but I don't know it's, it is interesting right yeah I think on Juventus I think how I view how their season goes is just incredibly dependent on how fit Paul Pogba is and if like past evidences to go by that's not going to be often i can see alex is itching to make a bet about how many games he played <laughs> well my, my point would be it, it doesn't matter how many games pogba plays because they didn't have him last season at least he did very good very good points wise not play style wise before <laughs> yeah. danny has a heart attack <laughs> yeah. is that, uh... he, he is annoyingly effective but i think it's to a point and i don't i think teams around them have improved and they've kind of stood still yeah I, I think they've actually probably gone backwards because I think there was a big part of last season where Di Maria basically bailed them out of every single situation and obviously he's now left of Benfica and they've now got they haven't got a Di Maria factor in there so you could probably say if Paul Pogba comes back fit and is the sort of player that he was how many years ago then maybe that is the factor in terms of him creating for Vlahovic as well but they don't seem to have that X factor in the team anymore. They've got Adrian Rabio. So Adrian Rabio is like the Brexit X factor, so leave him alone. <laughs> the Brexit factor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better way of saying it, actually. Yeah. We joke about Rabio, but he did have a he, I, I I was reading an article this morning. I think his deal's only been extended a year. Um and he's he did have a really good year last year. He's not the sort of midfielder you put in any other side other than Juventus, but like He's very effective under Max Allegri, like in in set pieces and also just charging into the box like as an off the ball runner. He's like he's a bit like Tenali in that you can't like Tenali for Newcastle in his one game. We'll we'll say that because we all have. I think we all have similar thoughts on their fee paid for Tenali in that you know he's not he's effective but not in the traditional sense. So again, there's just there's just a few players in Juventus' squad that you like. They're annoyingly useful in ways that we don't like to watch. I think I've got a theory about Rabio's career, and that he only performs really well in the years that he's going to go for a free in the summer. So, like, he managed to get the big first contract to Juventus, and then this summer he was he was going to be basically free, and then he was good last season because he had to be to get money i think that's don't my... don't 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 go making any scientific studies danny you've got a case of two and you're like <laughs> I've, got a theory. I've got a theory based on two instances you know how there's like the, the it's quite common in nba they like say contract years and players tend to like ball out in their contract years i think rabbi was very much like that which is which is what i, put, I mean i'll live check it now so if i'm wrong you can laugh at me as i as i prove myself right or wrong but i thought i read this morning that his contract has only been extended a year which would mean final contract year uh rabio is back again and if that maybe, is the case maybe that's the way to do it just get him on rolling contracts just getting on rolling contract year by year and it's true yeah he's con- <laughs> he's been given a one-year deal by juventus 
because no one wants the thing is is like he got this like thing last year where everyone was saying oh he did well because obviously he, I, I'm a United fan and everyone was he was getting linked with us everyone was like oh but he's actually a good player I was like no the thing is that he does really well was he was just able to interpret that this massive mess of Juventus players in front of him he should just go and stand to the left of and then he was just always where the ball bobbled out to and that was literally how he scored every single goal slightly better French Scott McTominay <laughs> like, I genuinely like they both got the similar skill sets although I I'd, like Scott I'd compare him more to Fellaini no that that's it that's, that's Onana according to Rio Ferdinand yeah. oh wow I think it'll be an interesting season I think Juventus I don't think they're going to do well Danny doesn't think they're going to do well uh, as much as he wants I think they'll be okay goal. I think the lack of like European football really helps them like one game yeah. a week is one game a week and like they one game a week with some of their players and like Chiesa's still not fully ever come back from his injury like giving him one game a week he could explode again Well, thank you for having me on, you two. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. If you if you want more of me, you can go to my Twitter, at uh, EuroExpert. I know it's so modestly named. Uh, and you can also check me out on TIFO as well, where I'll hopefully have some more upcoming videos uh, very soon. But yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've had we've we've had scouted juice. We've had get Italian footballers juice. Now we've got athletic juice. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> As Danny always wants, James Horncastle. James, if you're listening, please. <laughs> if you please, personally please. see James Horncastle, tell him that I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I will do. I genuinely will do. Tell him that it's, it's a very, he makes me want to wear a turtleneck. And also... A father of uh, James Horncastle, I only got to introduce myself properly to him uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were just down in the lift together. And I was like, oh, I'm really excited about... Uh, Lesa um, Samantic at Udinese and he was like yeah very good play gonna have a good year and then the next year uh, the Athletic well it was broken not sure by Athletic but everyone else that he was off to winter and I realised that James had been hiding information he probably knew from me as I spoke to him about it so what a legend <laughs> actually I'll get in trouble tell him my girlfriend loves him too because I realise this has been <laughs> recorded and if I don't say that I'd get in trouble so my girlfriend doesn't know who he is because my girlfriend well, doesn't uh, watch football. If you showed her a picture of James Horncastle, she'd think he was a Bond villain and a very good one. <laughs> don't, don't tell him that. Yeah. Ah, Mr. Bond. <laughs> Do you expect me to talk? No, I expect you to watch Juventus. <laughs> don't, how many Bond villains have been from Hull? I think at least two. <laughs> Francesco Scaramango. Right, was he from Lower Kingston upon Hull? Um... Right, I think I think this podcast is slightly devolving into chaos now. Is there anything that you want to add before we finish, Danny? Before, unless it's any more loving for James Horncastle because he knows how much we love him. But I think I should stop talking. <laughs> okay, just just so you know, James, if you're listening, I had to cut out a long, long speech. <laughs> anyway, so thank you again 
for listening. This has been a seriously good podcast. As we know, we are going to go throughout the season. We're going to be talking about teams. We're going to be talking about the matches. We're going to be talking about everything in between. Maybe some player-specific things if anyone really catches our eye. Just everything in the mix, everything Syria. If you want to do that, make sure you follow us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and keep yourself up to date. So again, this has been the Seriously Good Podcast. I've been Casey. He's been Danny. He's been Alex. And we'll see you next time. Ciao.